Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Plus 3 Podcast of Nerdiness. I'm Evan. I'm Derek. And I'm Ryan. And we're here to bring you all things nerdy. So we've got a, we've got a fun podcast for you tonight. We're going to be talking about games that we think everyone should play at least once. Um, so these are, these are all games that, for the most part, we've all played and, and enjoy and think that they are an, um, a good representation for their respective genres or styles or mechanics or whatever and so these are we're just gonna be talking about some games that we love and and think that everyone should try um, but before we do that we will get to our usual updates and to some news uh, we got quite a bit of news to tackle today so that should be fun uh, but before we do that Derek why don't you tell us what you've been up to since the last pod well I've mostly just been watching TV um, I didn't actually <laughs> get any I didn't get any games in, in the last couple of weeks and I'm kind of I'm kind of getting the itch I really need to get some gaming in but i uh i finished season one of what we do in the shadows Uh, i talked about this show briefly a little bit it's um kind of a mockumentary style about and it follows these these vampires who live in staten island and just super super funny um they kind of wrapped up the season uh pretty nicely they they focused around one of the vampires familiars named guillermo and he is kind of a bumbling idiot uh, but he's very lovable and he kind of has a cool storyline to wrap up the season and it's already been renewed for season two, which I'm pretty pumped about. So um, that's what we do in the shadows. It's on FX. You guys should definitely check it out if you have access to that. Um, I watched the series finale of Big Bang Theory. Uh, say what you will about Big Bang Theory. I know it's very divisive, Um I, I get I get it. You know, I get all the criticisms, but I have watched the show for 12 seasons and I've, you know, really attached to the characters and everything. And I thought they did a really good job of wrapping it up nicely and giving everybody kind of the the end that they deserved. And I thought it was nice. I thought it was a pretty good, um, pretty good finale for the whole show. Um, I started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six uh, if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you really should be. Season one is rough, but after you get past that, it's it's awesome. Uh, the characters are great. Um, Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson, uh, is fantastic and hilarious and really carries the show. But they're back for season six. I'm only a couple episodes in, uh, but I like where it's headed. And then finally, I started watching season two of Star Trek Discovery, which Ryan, you're going to talk more about that in a little bit. So we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, that was great too. And I did, um, I backed one Kickstarter, just one. There, there will just be another one. one. Are you sure? There will be, there will be another you... one next month. I'm just waiting. Okay, I was going to say, are you <laughs> sick? Are you okay? <laughs> for, for budgetary reasons, I'm waiting until June to back it. Um, but the, <laughs> the, one, the game I backed is called Runica and the Six-Sided Spellbook. Um I'm going to try to explain this game without like any visuals, but it's kind of tough. So you're drafting different colored dice that have six different runes on them. They're D6s. They have six different runes on them. Um, and there are four, four different colored dice. 
And so you're going to be drafting the dice and you have a small grid in front of you. It's like a, maybe it's like a six by six grid. And on each side of the grid is a different color. So when I draft, let's say a red die, I can add it to my grid from the, the side that is red. There will be red, yellow, green, and blue. I can add it to the red side and I slide it onto my grid. So you're going to be using the different colored die to slide and they push all the other die that are already on your grid. And there are ways to manipulate like uh, the die faces that you're adding. You can change where the color wheel is. So like if red was to the right of your grid, you can shift it so it's at the top. So you're going to slide dice from the top and you're trying to create different patterns on your grid that correspond to different spells. And it feels just like this big puzzle, and I love puzzle games. And it kind of remind me, reminded me a little bit of Sagrada, kind of, but in, instead of placing your dice in, you're drafting them and then you're sliding them in. So you're, you're pushing everything around. And it's not just like a fixed puzzle because there are so many different ways that you can get to your end goal. Um, I, just, I just thought it was really neat, and it had free shipping, and, yeah, it just looked fun. Um, so I think that one comes around Christmas. It might be a little later than that, but I'll be, uh, I'll be pleasantly, uh, surprised when that one shows up. Um, but yeah, uh, Evan, what have you been up to? All right. I got a lot. So (laughs) I, I was fortunate enough to have a couple or quite a few opportunities to play games. So, uh, first of all, we had another office game night and during that we played villainous and what do you meme? Uh, so villainous is a, um, it's a game based on Disney villains. Uh, it's gotten pretty popular. So you've probably seen it. They sell it in like target and stuff like that, but it was the first time I've gotten a chance to play it and I've been wanting to since I heard about it. So that was pretty fun. Um, I liked it. I, I would say that it's got some balancing issues and stuff like that. Like, um, basically what you're trying to do every, every villain has a different win condition, which it's kind of fun. Um, and they're, it's very thematic, like extremely thematic. Like I, I played, um, I played Ursula and I had to like collect, uh, what's the King's name? I can't even remember, but, uh, the, the Triton and all that. So I had to collect the crown and then like transform into certain things. And that's how I won or how I was supposed to win. Uh, but then like Captain Hook had to like capture Peter Pan and that's how he won. So anyway, uh, the theme is really cool. And, it does a really good job with that, but I'd say like the gameplay mechanics were, were okay. Um, it's like an action selection game where you have, um, different, like everybody has a player board and they're moving a token around on the player board. And that determines what actions they can take each turn. And you have to do a different, you have to go to a different location each turn. So like you can't take the exact same actions over and over. Um, so that was fun. My, my biggest complaint was that a lot of people's win conditions was like, find a certain card in your deck. And the only way you can do that is if you cycle through your deck and then it's just basically luck then of where it is like, and, and it doesn't give you a lot of resources to cycle through your deck. So, uh, that got kind of tough, but I'd play it again. It was fun. Um, yeah, this is one I've really, I've really wanted to try every time I walk by it at target, I'm always tempted and I don't know. I just would really like to try it. You'll have to, you have to get it to the table again and let me know. Yeah. What you think. I, I have to say though, my favorite thing about the whole thing was that, um, Captain Hook's, um, so there's a, there's a fate deck, which you can make other people draw from and it's generally bad things. And one of the things in the fate deck is 
like the heroes. So Captain Hook has TikTok, the, uh, what is it, crocodile? Yes, and his fate yes. deck. And if you draw that, the penalty for it is you have to discard your hand. Or in other words, you lose your hand, which is ah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, well, and, the, and the new expansion just came out too. And like it has Hades in it, which I've been... That that gets me really excited because I love Hercules and I love yeah. that that character. I think it'd be fun to play as. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was fun. I I would say if you're gonna play it, play it for the theme. Don't play it for like a super intense heavy game because it's not that. But it's fun. Uh, then we played What Do You Mean, which is like apples is apples or cards against humanity, but with memes. It was fun. I mean, it's, it was an office game night, so we were just having fun. So enjoyed that. Um, then over Memorial Day weekend, my brother-in-law and his wife came down to visit and uh he is super into games uh she is fairly i mean she's kind of like my wife where she'll play with us um and both uh her and my wife did a good job of humoring us and we played a ton of games so i'm going to go through the list Uh, i won't talk about the ones that we've talked about before but i'll maybe go into a little bit of detail about some that i hadn't played before so um first up we played viticulture three times which i was really pleased with Um, i introduced uh, them to viticulture they had never played before and they loved it and like every night they're like uh we could play this or this or this or we could just play viticulture again and so yeah we ended up playing three times and the last time uh, my wife didn't play she set that one out but um the three of us we all tied at the end so for those of you that don't know viticulture once the first person gets to 20 you play out the rest of the round and then whoever has the most points victory points at the end of that uh, wins. So somebody got to 20, I can't remember who, but we played out the round and we all were sitting at 22 points. So we actually had a three-way tie and we had to go to tiebreakers to which my brother-in-law won by, uh, two coins, which is the first tiebreaker. So that was a really fun game. Um, probably one of the most, the closest viticulture games I've played. So, uh, that was super fun. Um, next up I played Arkham Horror. So my brother-in-law, uh, bought that. It's a, it's a living card game, and it's like kind of a legacy style, I guess, where you're going through like it's set in the um, what is it? The Lovecraft, like Cthulhu universe, I believe. Yep. And yep. yeah, um, we didn't actually get that. We played just the first scenario, which was like dealing with like ghouls and demons and stuff. So it, it's not like overly apparent that it's Lovecraft. But yeah, the the whole thing is it once you get deeper into the story. So um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I thought that was fun. We, like I said, we only played one scenario and we won by like the skin of our teeth. So that was cool. Um, it would be, it'd be fun to be able to, uh, keep going with that because there's like, like a legacy game or whatever, kind of an RPG, you can level up your character and you can like add cards to your deck. That's one of the ways that you level up. Um, so I don't know. It seems pretty fun. Um, I liked, um, I'm trying to, I might be mixing this one up. I've played so many games. It's hard to remember exactly what some of the mechanics were, but, um, I did like it. I, I had fun. Um, so I'll just keep moving on then because I'm blanking out on exactly what I liked about it. <laughs> I'll move, I'll move on to transformers. Cause I, I think I'm mixing some of it up with transformers. So we played the transformers trading card game as well. And, um, I really liked this one as well. It's, uh, it's kind of fun because you you build like a transformers team um or you know you can be the um the decepticons or whatever i think there's a few different factions but anyway you build like you have the actual a team of i don't know three to five transformers and then you have cards to go along with that and the thing that i liked about it was that 
the cards had the cards were like dual purpose. You could play them as upgrades or action cards onto your transformer, or when you were attacking or defending, you would flip over a certain amount of cards, and they had little pips or little symbols up in the corner, and that would determine uh, your like hits or defense. So you would cycle through your deck quite a bit. So there's kind of this balance between like, do I do I um, play an upgrade card if it has good like a good set of pips on it that i could use later or do i like discard it and then i'm going to cycle through my deck and hopefully draw that for an attack uh, later on or something like that so i had a lot of fun with that um they're also doing some really cool things that with the actual transformer characters as well like the second game that we played um i played as a um a group of decepticons that could like all merge together into a giant transformer and so that was really interesting like i had to i had to make sure everybody got transformed and then like build up this tower. And then from there I could transform into a one, like merge into one guy and my transformers lore isn't very good. So sorry to those transformers fans that are mad at me right now, but overall what I'm saying is the mechanics. I, I really like the game. I thought the game was really fun. And if you so, are a transformer, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, if you so are a transformers I, I guess... fan, you'll probably like the game because like, I don't know. It just feels really true to the, to the, um, to the original cartoon and everything. So go ahead, Derek, what were you saying? Well, my question is that there's so many trading card games out there. Do you think this like has good enough mechanics that it'll have some staying power? Or do you think it's kind of just a, a flash in the pan? I don't know. Um, I don't see it ever competing with the big ones. But I think it definitely, to me, seems like it would appeal to people that were fans of the show and all that stuff. Um, so I'm not really sure like what the community is like. I know... I think my brother-in-law has played with a few people. Um, so I'm I'm not sure really where it's going from there. I, I know they just released the second set, so I guess that's probably a good sign. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. is a good sign. So um, we'll see. That one's by Wizards of the Coast, I believe, too. So they've got, you know, obviously a pretty strong backing behind them for it. So I could see it sticking around. All right. So next up on my, on my list, I played Wingspan. Uh, I introduced my wife and my brother-in-law to that one. Um, I actually, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, but like I always do, but I feel like wingspan especially is so much, uh, so hard for new people that not, I don't know what I'm trying to say, I guess is like, if there's one person that's played it and the rest haven't, it's so skewed toward the person that's played it. And I actually didn't win, end up winning by that much, but it just felt like the whole time they were they were like, oh, you can do this, or like just figuring it out as we go, whereas I knew how to play. So, And you get Hold that with on. any game. When, but When did you get a copy of Wingspan? Oh, I didn't get one. Sorry. I, I should explain this. Uh, we, <laughs> we, went to, we went to a local board game cafe, and they had it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got irrationally angry <laughs> being able to get a copy and then also not telling me that you got a copy. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I left that detail out. Uh, yeah, we went to a board game cafe and we had all kinds of ideas because they had a list of all their games, but it's not completely up to date. So we got there and I was like, oh, they have Wingspan. And so we decided to play that. And uh, again, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a fun game, but I I don't know. That one just, to me, it feels like it's hard when one person's played and the other ones haven't. Just my opinion, I guess. But uh, Moving on, I played Five Tribes, which I know Derek is a favorite of yours huge fan of five tribes yes and this is the first time i've played it even though you've had it forever we've just never really say, i don't chance. think i've played it either yeah we should oh, play it man. next time we're together um i really liked it it's it's pretty fun there's uh 
yeah, the, the kind of Mancala thing that you do where you pick up a group of meeples and then you like drop them in spaces, um, adjacent spaces, and then you have to like end in a certain space. Uh, I thought that was really fun and made for some really interesting decisions. And also it, it made for, there's the, the bidding to see who goes like first through, you know, the turn order. That was really interesting too, because in a lot of games, it's like, Oh, I want to go first, or maybe some games I want to go last to see what everybody else did so that I can react. But in five tribes, it's like, I want to go second because the first person's going to open up a cool spot for me or, you know, something like that. Like there's a really interesting strategy depending on what stage of the game you're in for the bidding for turn order. So I really enjoyed yeah, it. Un- unless there's like a very obvious move, it, it really doesn't benefit you that much to go first because you can normally pivot and find, find a great move after the first person goes. Yeah. So I definitely want to play that one again. I thought it was super fun. Uh, moving on. Sorry, I'm just flying through these, but there's a lot. Um, <laughs> next, I played Colt Express, which was the uh, Spiel de Jaris, or however you say that, winner in, what, 2015, I want to say? And, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this game. I did not do very well, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, so the basic premise of this game is you're playing as like a Western robber, and you're trying to rob a train, and uh, you are everybody is a robber and you're trying to rob the most stuff. You're trying to get the the most money at the end of the game. So uh, the thing that was kind of fun about this one is there was a programming aspect. So everybody has a deck of cards and you draw like six of them and each card just represents an action that you can take. You can like move between cars, uh, train cars. You can move up and down from like the upper level of the train car to the lower level. You can rob to pick up loot. You can shoot somebody else or you can punch somebody else. And you um, you play these, you take turns playing these cards, and for the most part, they're face up, and nobody does their action yet. It's like you you follow um, each round is going to tell you exactly how many cards to play, and there's a few variations on how you play them. For, but for the most part, you're playing face up, so you can see what everybody else is doing, and then you have to kind of program your moves accordingly and keep track in your head, like okay, this person last time they played a move so they're going to be in this car and so i can try to meet them there so that i can punch them and then take their loot or something like that um so it was really interesting and pretty fun i would say the one thing i didn't like about this is i think there can be a pretty big like a negative player experience you've maybe heard that term thrown around in the board gaming world but uh, i kind of had that so if you get shot you have to draw or you're given a blank card that goes into your deck it's just it shows a guy getting shot basically and you can't do anything with that card so on on subsequent rounds you have a dead card in your deck and also there's a um there's a marshal if you get caught by the marshal you get another blank card so i through a series of unfortunate events got like five blank cards in my hand and i had to draw and i drew all of them so i basically only got to take two actions on one turn and it just i couldn't do anything like I never drew the the loot action, which is the only real way to get money, and so I couldn't win. So that was a little rough, but it's short rounds. I mean, we played, I think we played three times in, I don't know, like two hours, so, or maybe we played two times, but anyway, it was still really short, and uh, yeah, I think that that kind of balances out, that like you could have one bad round, and you just play again, and, and you'll hopefully be good, so I enjoyed it. It was, the programming aspect is really fun. That's one that I've I've always wanted to try, but I've never been able to. But I, I don't know that I would like to own it, but I think I would like to play it um, just just to try it out. It sounds fun. Yeah. 
for sure. All right. So finally, last one. Uh, now that I've taken up like 20% of the podcast, uh, <laughs> we played Insider, which is really just simple, um, like bluffing slash social deduction game, which usually aren't my favorite. Um, this one was kind of interesting. There's, I think it'd be, there's four of us and I, I feel like it would be a little more fun with more people, but I still, I still liked it. Um, so basically there's just a deck of cards and they all have different words on them. And, uh, so one person is, I can't remember the exact name of it, some sort of like game master or I don't know, whatever. And they, um, tell everybody to close their eyes and they flip over a card from the deck and, um, they're, there's a number on the back side of each card. So like they flip a card over face up and then the, the next card is face down and it has a number on it. And that will tell them which word on the card they flip faced up is like the word for the round. Um, so they'll know, they know what that word is and then they'll, they'll close their eyes and they'll say, okay, insider, open your eyes. And whoever is the insider, there's one insider. They open their eyes and they also get to see what the word is. And then they'll close their eyes again. And then the, the master or whatever will, will open their eyes and flip the deck, uh, face down again and then they'll start the round they'll flip a timer and the all the other players have to try to guess what the word is by guessing yes or no questions like is it a place is it an object is you know whatever is a household object and the insider is trying to steer everybody towards that word without people knowing that they're the insider so at the end of the game um if the players guess the word correctly then they have to figure out who the insider is. And if they correctly guess the insider, then everybody but the insider wins. And if the insider like gets away with it, then they win. So um, it was fun. I was the insider twice, and I'm not very good at bluffing, so <laughs> it didn't go very well. But And th- that's where with only four people, that means there are only two people who were like just regular commoners, one insider and one master. So it's like not that hard to deduce who it is, but um, we still liked it, so... That was Insider, and that was all of the board games I played. Um, so finally, last update, um, I haven't been playing very many video games lately, but I did start playing Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which is a classic from like 2002 or 2004, something like that. And I really loved that game and just decided I wanted to play it again. So I'm playing through that. Does it hold up? Because I really liked playing that as well when it was released. Uh, it's mostly. It's, it's There's some things that are kind of uh, like... <laughs> I mean, obviously the the graphics weren't even that good when it first came out. So right, yeah, and the cutscenes are pretty rough, but the gameplay is still pretty fun. Okay, yeah, so I like it. I, I have it in my Steam store, so I might try it out. Yeah, I like the sequel better actually, um, Jedi Academy. But I'm I might play that after I finish Jedi Knight too. So cool. Anyway, that's my update. Sorry for taking so long, but uh, that's what I got. So Ryan, what have you been up to? I unfortunately haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of nerdy things. Um, I went camping over Memorial Weekend, and I played some ladder ball. And technically, Jenga is a tabletop game. I played a lot of, <laughs> of uh, life-size Jenga. I think it was like two by, not two by fours, but like two by threes that were cut up. And I haven't played that game in a very long time, and I forgot how stressful of a game that is incredibly stressful especially <laughs> life-size when it can fall on you oh my oh, god oh yeah it was terrifying and it was set up on like a picnic table so like it was almost as tall as i am by the it time could you kill, were done. it could kill yeah. a small child it, would kill, it <laughs> literally probably could that's terrifying um but no i've played a lot of that um and then i am excited obviously the release of age of ascension is today or tomorrow 
it's today yeah may 30th which is right now right now yep so i sorry to sorry to open up a wound about a shipment that you were were not supposed to receive <laughs> yeah 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 i was supposed uh, to get a sorry to interrupt i was supposed to get a, a deck box which is or sorry a display box which is 12 decks and i'm splitting that with my brother-in-law and the shipping notification said it's delivered but it is not delivered so i'm not i'm not happy not. about it but i'm excited i watched some some uh gameplay of it today ffg did a stream and i'm really excited for it so i'm with you yes. there ryan yep i watched that as well and i got really pumped um i did start while i was camping i started tarkin it's one of the new star wars um canon books that came out and it's i enjoy it i know there's some people on the internet that think that it's supposed to be like some great like literary work but it's a backstory of grand moff tarkin and it's a lot of fun i don't know what people really expected <laughs> to be honest um and then also, I know Derek mentioned it, but I have binged. I've spent most of my free time <laughs> watching Star Trek Discovery, and I love it. I, yes. I it's amazing. I haven't watched a Star Trek since I was a kid, and I'd watched like the the I don't, I don't remember what the actual show was called, but the one with Shatner in it when he was. I honestly, Derek, do you know the name of that the, show? The, I mean, Star Star Trek. Is it just the like original Star yeah. Trek, basically? Star Trek Enterprise. Oh. Yep. Yeah. That was a lot. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, so then I got curious. Like, it was a really good show, and I've been enjoying it. So I was like, oh, I wonder what the internet has to say about this. And I think we need to have a podcast dedicated to fanboys. Either, either the best or worst. <laughs> However we want to look at Ooh, our perspective. Maybe that it. could be a future segment. Like... Uh, just like angry fanboys, and you can just read a couple. Read a couple. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds honestly. like a, that sounds perfect. Oh, all right, all right, cool, cool. So I I was on IMDb checking this out, and one that I thought was amazing. It was they they labeled the show absolutely incredible, incredibly dull. That is, <laughs> like I can and, I just can't imagine someone thinking they're like so witty. Oh, he knows he's the wittiest, and I'm saying he because we all. Oh, know. you know, yeah, you absolutely know. <laughs> Just, they think they are the wittiest person in the world with that. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. and then there's like like betrayal of Roddenberry. There's like 50 years of like cultural work, like flush down the toilet. It's 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 insane. These people are like man man babies that just can't get over themselves. A show has taken a different direction. I have watched a lot of Star Trek, and mm -hmm. in my opinion, my personal opinion, Star Trek Discovery is the best Star Trek they've ever made. It's fantastic. Wow. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. I, and yeah, I really like I, it. Well, it's, it's like the story of people and like how you interact with like new, new discoveries, not to make a play on words with the show, but that's, that, it is Star Trek. I don't see how you could think it's not. Right. It, it's, it's great. So... I, I really like it. I'm really glad you're enjoying it, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So are you going to get a CBS All Access subscription now, then? Well, I still have two months free left because I... Oh, perfect. My, uh, yeah, my Amazon TV stick, Fire Stick, um, took a took a dot, turn for the worse, so I had to get... I got a Roku, and I got three months free. And that's nice. been about a month ago, I think. A month nice. and a half. So I'm about halfway yeah. through that, I suppose. 
You'll have to get done with that and then start watching Twilight Zone too. Yes. Before your before yes. your free time. Well, Bree really wants to watch that with me, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that one by myself. I I got in trouble for watching the. First <laughs> oh, I don't want that. Without Sid, I got I got in big trouble for that. Uh, do you know when season three comes out for Discovery? I'm, I I know it's sometime this year, but is it anytime soon? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. I really don't. Yeah. Just curious. I was wondering if I can maybe squeeze that into my three months free, but I doubt it. But I mean, that's that's what I've been up to, um, and I know Derek has a whole bunch of news for us. Speaking of movies and media, oh yeah. So we got some news. We'll start out with. I don't know. This this could be good news, could be bad news, but the Sonic the Hedgehog movie has been delayed until February 14th, 2020, so that they have time to go back and fix the horrendous Sonic that they created. Uh, oh, it was it, awful. It was, it was bad, and the internet let them know, and they said, okay, we're going to fix it. Well, they were still going to stick with the, the original release date and they would have killed all of their uh, VFX artists. So yes. I'm glad that they pushed it back. Uh, and hopefully we can get a cartoony looking Sonic that doesn't have creepy human teeth. And yeah, I, well, I, I mean, mean, on the, the cover or the poster art, the really, whatever you call that, I guess it was, it looked like an impatient dad, like waiting for his kids, like looking at his watch, like just kind of chilling there waiting. Like it just it, didn't feel like Sonic. No, it he looks, just, yeah. it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. His torso was too big. Sonic has a small oh, torso and long legs. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what got me. And then it, like, he doesn't have the comically oversized feet. Yeah. Feet. Oh, I lo- yeah. I really missed that. Yeah. So I hope it, yeah, I hope they do better. I don't know. I, I'm not like a huge Sonic fan by any means, but me either. But uh, they did not do him justice, right? All right. Well, next up, uh, Square Enix gave us a reveal of a reveal, uh, <laughs> meaning that they tweeted out an announcement that they will be announcing the new <laughs> Avengers game at E3 on June 10th. Uh, so I really didn't even know that this was a thing until Evan let me know. But uh, we don't know. We don't know what style of game it's going to be. Um, personally, I'm hoping for something in the Final Fantasy vein, since it's Square Enix, uh, but with like the Avengers. That'd and if be a that lot was a, if, if that was a game, oh my god, I would lose it. That would be <laughs> incredible. That would be um, peak, I, peak video games for Derek. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it absolutely would be. Um, but we just we really have no idea what it's going to be or what it's going to be like. So we'll just have to wait. Uh, until June 10th to find all that out. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I will uh, say on that that the studio that is doing it is Crystal Dynamics, and they're best known for Tomb Raider. So I don't know that – I don't know. Maybe like Tomb Raider doesn't seem like it would really work for the Avengers, but I could – I guess maybe see it be more of like an action-adventure than like a Final Fantasy-style RPG, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we get something cool either way. Well, I think there's going to be uh, multiple games too, actually. It's just oh, this, nice. this Ooh, first cool. one. Yeah, they said that they're, it's like Square Enix is doing this. They announced like an Avengers project, and this first game was the first part of the project. So what oh, that wow, means, I don't cool. really know, but we'll see. I'm cool. on board. Yeah. Uh, next up, software maker Panic has announced a new handheld console called the Playdate. Uh, the system has a black and white screen 
and a hand crank coming off the side of it, which is pretty unique, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's equipped with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, a USB-C connector, and a headphone jack. Uh, the console is going to retail for $150 and comes with 12 exclusive games designed by some pretty prominent indie developers. Uh, it's expected to launch in early 2020. And I'm intrigued by this. I don't I don't know. I mean, it it's kind of weird and crazy and kind of just out of nowhere. And it's a black and white screen, but it's like new games and the hand crank doesn't do anything, but it's there. It doesn't I don't know. do anything? No, no. They've said hmm. it's just there for aesthetics, I believe. Oh, I thought it actually charged it. I, I don't think it actually <laughs> How charged. amazing would that be? I don't, that'd be cool. It'd be really cool if they had like a fishing game with it then. If, I mean, the hand crank needs to do something. I mean, I don't know. The whole thing is wonky, and I don't know. It's kind of cool. Maybe it'll be neat. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it's like, how it's, it's, how it's received. Have you guys seen the picture of it? Yeah, it, just looks like, it, it looks yeah. like a Pikachu. It looks yeah, like a Pikachu. Think, did you send it or did Evan send that earlier this week? I think. I yeah yeah I think I one of us sent it because yeah, I, I looked looks, at it earlier this week and it's like a little yellow square right with a black yeah. and white screen uh-huh. yeah and the crank makes cool. it the crank looks like a little Pikachu tail almost yeah it does kind of <laughs> maybe that's the, uh, the impression they're going for yeah maybe one of those indie games will be a Pokemon game there you go that'd be really cool that, that's that moves some units. <laughs> I feel uh, like all right. Nintendo wouldn't go for that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably, probably not. not. <laughs> um, well, we got the the first teaser trailer for the new Star Trek series starring Patrick Stewart, which is called Star Trek Picard. Um, the teaser doesn't tell us a whole lot other than the fact that Captain Picard has seemingly retired from Starfleet. He has his own vineyard that he's he's. Growing grapes, making wine. Yep, yep. (laughs) And uh, that he will inevitably be called back into action. Um, So Star Trek Picard, it will come to CBS All Access uh, sometime later this year. They're already filming. Um, And now that I have CBS All Access, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I got really giddy when I watched the the teaser. It didn't show a whole lot, but I'm just, I love Patrick Stewart and I love Jean-Luc Picard. And... I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun show. Do you guys have any thoughts on it? I've never watched the original. Is it The Next Generation? Is that the card show? I never watched it. I just know a lot of the memes from it. That's my my knowledge of The Next Generation. Oh, my God. All right. Well, maybe you'll just have to give this a shot for the memes, right? Like, I know there's the whole, like, Picard, like, Kirk thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Who's better, Derek? You've watched both. Picard. Why? I don't. I'm just genuinely curious. I have no idea. I. He's just a better captain. Okay. He just. He he just is. I. He's, I it's he's hard. Less, he's it's, less wild card. He's a better. He's just in general he, a better captain. I yeah. I you just you like. Uh, outwardly, I don't know if I have like a reasoning. You just like feel sure. it. You know what I mean? Okay. You just like okay. like he. Uh, maybe I should he's watch the it. dude I would trust following into any situation it would be picard okay i I can respect that yeah um we got a bunch of pokemon announcements so first of all we got pokemon sleep uh which is a new game that will track your sleep 
and and how long you're sleeping and how well you're sleeping they did not release a lot of info but apparently you'll be able to train pokemon while you sleep which is kind of neat um, weird kind of weird that sounds and, weird and it sounds weird. like they're gonna yeah. monitor like my sleep cycle and like they train based on my sleep cycle it sounds terrifying i mean it could be but also like they have because they did this announcement there's a pokemon go event where there's just sleeping snorlaxes all over the place and i'm loving it i'm catching so many snorlaxes you don't even know <laughs> yeah i caught a 2800 cp snorlax today yeah exactly i had a 27 oh, today it nice. is summertime i better download mm-hmm. pogo yeah again. yeah <laughs> Well, and and speaking of Pogo, we now have the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, uh, which works the same. <laughs> yep, yeah, which works the same as the original Pokemon Go Plus, but will also work with Pokemon Sleep to track your sleep. So Pokemon Go Plus Plus. That sounds like too much data for them to well, have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, just wait, because I got another announcement. Oh boy! They also announced Pokemon Home which is a cloud-based service that syncs with your Switch, iOS, and Android. And it sounds like it'll allow you to transfer Pokemon between various games like Pogo, Let's Go, Sword and Shield, um, and just kind of have them in different that, games I mean, and in your really home. That's a really smart business it's, it, Yeah, I mean, it's I really mean, cool, honestly. all this stuff. But they, they did all these announcements um, right like together at the same um press conference or whatever and they didn't give us a whole lot of info about any of them they just kind of said these are things that are going to happen they're all uh scheduled to release in 2020 um but we just we don't have a ton of information so that's kind of where we're at but i mean it could be some cool stuff uh i'll probably be be checking all of these out i don't know yeah i I i'm curious about pokemon home because like um like with Pogo and Let's Go, with Pokemon Go and, and like the Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu games, you can transfer from Pokemon Go to the Let's Go games, but not back. Am I right in that? Correct, correct, correct. So like is Pokemon Home going to change that? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how that works, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that I'll check all these out. I'll, I still play Pokemon Go. I don't know that I'll do Pokemon Sleep. That seems weird to me, but... I'm sure when it comes out, I'll at least check it out and see if I think it's creepy or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, Asmodee have announced a new studio called Game Gamegenic or Gamegenic. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, uh, but they're going to create ex- accessories for various games and licensed products. Uh, the products will include storage boxes, sleeves, play mats, dice sets um, for all of their their games. And I think that's a pretty good move from Asmodee. Uh, they own Fantasy Flight who already has like proprietary uh, play mats and card sleeves, like specifically for their games. Um, so I think this will be kind of cool and it will be a lot more options for Asmodee games, which Asmodee owns basically everything anymore. So they'll probably be putting out a lot of products and we might get some cool storage solutions um, out of it. What do you guys think? Yeah, it sounds uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, they, like you said, they own a lot. So, I mean, there'll be a lot of capability to to, to be able to kind of enhance your games and, and do yeah. some add-ons and things well, like and that. I, and I think they'll actually have to put a lot... I mean, the fact that they've created their own studio, I think they, they're going to need to put a lot of effort into it because the third-party third, mm-hmm. third party market for these things is it's, huge, right? Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of broken quality, token. Yeah, yeah, so they're going to have to make a good product if they want it to be successful. So I think it could be good for the industry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. 
Um, Evan, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, some Call of Duty news? Sure. Um, so a new Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare game has been announced. Uh, so this is a, a kind of a reboot of the series. It's not going to be a sequel to Modern Warfare 3. Um, I, I don't really know the details of if it's going to be... I think it'll be like kind of in the same universe or something, but it just won't follow the same story or the same characters or anything. Um, so that will be coming out for PC, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation. And um, I don't. There's not a ton of info about it yet, but one thing that they did announce is that there will be crossplay between PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, or at least they're going to be pushing for that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it seems like more games are slowly getting that, but for, to my knowledge. Place uh, Sony is still kind of dragging their feet on that and not letting a lot of people do it. So I would say a game like Call of Duty with the pull that they have, they'll probably be able to get them to agree to this. Um, so I I would bet that this will have crossplay between the three. Um, so yeah, I I didn't really play the later Modern Warfare games, but the the first two are are very good. So I, um, and I'm pretty sure it's the same developer and everything. So. I'm excited to see where this one goes. I, I don't know if it's something I'll get for sure or not, but um, definitely worth checking out and keeping an eye on. Nice. Well, uh, Ryan, we got some Keyforge rules. We got a little rules update. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. Um, so some a lot of the changes, um, I think, were, I, I think when Evan was introducing this us to us, like in our chat, was to change, like, to some accommodations for the new set. Um, there's some nerfs that come out. Um, specifically, library access is now one-time use, and bait and switch can now only steal a maximum of two ember, which is Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so library access, that was the that's the one that it's a logos card that whenever you play a card, you get to draw a card. And the, the main reason they did what they did with it, you purge it when you're done with it, which means it's out of the game. So the main reason they did that is that you could play library access and then you could play another card. So a lot of times people would use the Nepenthe seed, which is an untamed card to take a card from your discard pile and put it back into your hand. So you could play library access two, three times per turn. And then every time you draw or play a card, you're drawing two or three cards and so eventually people would get their whole hand into their, or sorry, their whole deck into their hand. And then it's just play everything you can get all the Amber and win yep. either that turn or two turns later or whatever. So, uh, I think both these changes are good for the health of the game. In my opinion, Yes, they are broken cards are broken. Mm -hmm. uh, don't even get me started on that age of Ascension card or age of, uh, what's the, what's well, the new set called? That's it. Age of Ascension. Yeah. Age, yeah, of, age Ascension. of Ascension. I don't remember yeah. what that card is. I'm going to find it. Yeah, there's. I'll find it. There's a card. I can't remember the name, but it's it's where if if you have more keys than, or if your opponent has more keys than you, they can't forge another key. Uh, it's a it's an artifact, so it's always in play and it's a constant effect unless they have a way to clear artifacts, which Derek has talked about in the past, and I would tend to agree that there's there's some pretty powerful artifacts that are hard to get rid of sometimes. So um, I don't know. I I'm not too concerned about that card, I guess, but we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, you'll be concerned when I get it and play you with it. Yeah, and we have then another. We'll then we'll see. We have another two-hour game because I can't yeah, forge exactly. my last <laughs> Exactly. All yep. right. Well, uh, Evan has some disappointing X-wing news for us. Yes, uh, Wave Four of X-wing, which is the one that has the Naboo fighter, uh, among other things. That's the one I was most looking forward to. Also, the B-wing with the flappy wings. Uh, that has been delayed. 
Uh, it was set for June 6th, and now it has been set for, I don't know, question mark. Who knows? Uh, it seems like FFG's normal, I like FFG, I, I think they put out a lot of good games, but some of their business decisions, I just can't stand them. <laughs> I, I feel like they're not very open. I don't know. We could probably have a whole discussion on that too. But anyway, especially with X-Wing, it seems like they never really give concrete release dates. Like I didn't even know when Wave 3 released. It was just like, oh yeah, this is in stores now. Uh, so Wave 4, they had a release date and I was like, cool, I can actually plan ahead and like save up some money and budget for this. But now it's been delayed to who knows when. So a little disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. To, to backtrack slightly, I found the card. It's Heart of the Forest. Hmm. And the exact wording on the card is each player cannot forge keys while the other has more forged keys than their opponent. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's my thoughts on it. Well, it's but, just a, it's an ultimate stall card. And we all know yeah. Derek does not like stall cards. No, get, like, get the game in. Let's go. <laughs> Start the game already. Yes. All nice right. Nice throwback. Yeah. All right, Evan, finally, tell me about Halo Reach. All right, so Halo Reach um, is part of the Master Chief collection that's coming out for PC. Halo Reach will be the first one that comes out. Um, They're doing a stagger release of those, uh, what is it, four or five games. So um, 343 or 343 Industries, whichever it is, they had a little like stream today about an hour long that showed off some gameplay and talked to some of the developers of, of Halo Reach for PC. And I didn't get a chance to watch very much of it, but I did watch the first 15 minutes or so. And they were talking about this, this whole thing has been delayed. They were going to start having like beta stuff going on in May, but it got pushed back. Um, so they're talking about some of the technical challenges they've run into. And it seems like they're being really open about this, which I think is good. Um, when the Master Chief Collection came out for Xbox One, whatever year that was, it was a, it was bad. It was a disaster. There were bugs. Oh, no. <laughs> you couldn't even play online a lot of times. Like I went to a LAN party um, after it came out, and we were all super excited to play all these old Halo games. And we couldn't connect. Like We couldn't do LAN. They were making us go over Xbox Live, but that didn't work. It was really disappointing. So I'm excited to see that they are really focused on QA and making sure that they get this thing right before they release it. And if that means delays, that's fine. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a developer. I know what that's like. So um, <laughs> I'm good with that. But what they did announce is that, um, first of all, so we mentioned this a little bit before, but E3 is, is coming up uh, like, what, next week or two weeks? Two weeks, I think, or a week and a half. Um, and so they're going to have a... Um, a demo available there for people, but then also they're starting their um, insider flight program, which is basically their beta program. And that will be rolling out to selected people throughout the month of June. Um, So that's going to be starting up pretty soon. You can actually sign up on their website to be a part of the flights. I haven't gotten an email yet, so I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what the criteria is, if it's random or if they have like people that are part of some past or something else get chosen first. I don't know. Um, but I'm hoping that I get chosen for one sooner rather than later so I can give it a try. Um, so yeah, look for more information on that coming at E3 and, and throughout the month of June. Cool. Well, that, uh, wraps up our news extravaganza. So I'm going to toss it to Evan to, uh, talk about our discussion. All right. So our discussion topic for this episode is games that we think everyone should play at least once. 
And as I mentioned before, we, as we were going through the list, we started to notice that a lot of these games um, represent different genres or different like mechanics or styles of games. And so um, we kind of started thinking about like, well, the reason that we think everyone should play these games at least once is that it's going to introduce all these different styles to you. And you can really get a good sampling of what the tabletop community has to offer and decide what you like and what you don't like. And then um, a lot of these games are a little bit lighter weight. In fact, they would be what a lot of them, what you would call a gateway game. And um, from there, you know, if you like that style, there's a whole bunch of options you can go to expand from there. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So the first one that we came up with is a uh, very popular game. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it or played it, but if you haven't, I would definitely agree. Derek put this on the list, and that is Pandemic. Um, so Pandemic is a co-op game, and I think that's the main reason why we put it on here, right, Derek? I mean, yep. I when I first started getting into uh, more board games, when I heard about Pandemic and the fact that it was co-op, my mind was blown. It's like, what, what do you mean you play against the board? How do you do that? What does that mean? And um, I've since played it a lot. I've played it quite a few times, and I, I still really enjoy it. So um, I think Pandemic is a great one. Uh, the co-op um, genre has really exploded since Pandemic came out, and there's all kinds of choices for it. So, um, yeah, I would definitely I, agree with that. I, I think it's I think it's kind of transcended board games. I think a lot of non-gamers know what Pandemic mm-hmm. is, and I think it, it's a very good uh, draw to the hobby. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, personally, I've played Pandemic only three times in my life, and I am three <laughs> for three, and the game's too easy. That's that's my thought. <laughs> easy peasy. Never never lost Pandemic. No. Really? Uh, no, it's, it, it's a great game. Um, and then kind of along with that, Pandemic Legacy also. Um, kind of a, a great intro to Legacy games. Evan, you're playing through it right now. It's so um, fun. But, yeah, it... it I've heard nothing but good things. Um, so yeah, those are those, and that's a game. Pandemic Legacy is a game that I still haven't played, and I would love to to get a playthrough of that someday. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, next on our list, and uh, full disclosure, I absolutely hate this game, uh, but I can recognize that it is phenomenal and a huge draw, and that is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Uh, so this is a social deduction game. A, a hidden role game. Uh, you, one player is the werewolf or multiple players are the werewolf and the other players are townsfolk or the, the they're trying to root out who the werewolf is. So there's a lot of bluffing and lying and deceiving, which you all know I am terrible at and hate. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can recognize that this is a fantastic game. It is a great party game. Um, Again, it's a really good intro to board games for a lot of people. A lot of people know what Werewolf is. And, yeah, it's it's cheap. It's easy to get into. It's got a fun app that goes with mm. it uh, yeah. that makes everything work pretty well. That. Yeah, it's got a great I've never app. played the game, so. Oh. Yeah. Well, you need to play oh, it man. at least once. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that will be the theme of the podcast somehow. Mm. All right. Funny how that works. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So next up, we kind of have our – modern classics is what we kind of like to call them. So I put in Catan, uh, Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride, Dominion, and Carcassonne. So these are games that are a little 
aged now. They're a little dated, but they're kind of the, the pillars of more of the modern board game. Um, Settlers and Ticket to Ride, I mean, everybody's heard of those. They're in all the big box stores. They're everywhere. You, you can't, I mean, there's a million different versions of them. Um, if you've never heard of these games, go, go check them out right now. And Crawl start out getting from into under the rock you're living start, under. Well, start, <laughs> if, if you have never heard of these games, it means you probably haven't played a lot of board games. And this is where you would want to start. <laughs> yeah, nice I, got I, got I got you. Uh, and then, Dominion and Carcassonne are kind of like the the next step, I would say. They're still gateway games, but they're very good at what they do, and mm-hmm. they're kind of that that intermediate level to to board gaming. Dominion is a deck builder, so you're going to be trying to draft different cards into your deck that will make your deck better, and you kind of build an engine. Um, so you're you're trying to get better cards into your deck, cycle through it, and um, make the best combos that you can. Um, and then Carcassonne, uh, is a tile laying game. So you're going to be, um, kind of working with other players to make this giant sprawling countryside of, of Carcassonne. And you are playing different tiles, uh, to connect cities and roads and fields. And, and I I don't know, Evan, Evan, you really love Carcassonne as well. What do you, what would your description of Carcassonne be? Um, I think you did pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to go off of that, I, I would say that these, the, the four games you mentioned here, like, um, Carcassonne is the one I would be most likely to play at this stage in my, my board gaming, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I just think that the, um, the tile lane aspect is really fun. And I think it's cool because you're working with somebody else to, with other players like it's competitive, right? You're trying to score the most points, but at the same time, you're still building this. You're you're laying the tiles, which have little landscapes on them and stuff, and you're still working together to build this landscape. And it's different every time because you know you're going to be drawing different tiles every time. And um, I don't, I just really like it. I think it's simple. I think it's something that people can learn and teach pretty easily. But it's got enough enough depth to it that um, that you can play it quite a few times and not really get bored of it. So. Uh, yeah, I, I love Carcassonne. I think it's, you know, if I was going to pick like a gateway game to introduce people to, this is a lot of times it for me. All right. Well, next up, uh, we went with the drafting style of games. So there, there are two big ones in the drafting style, at least in my opinion, and that would be seven wonders and sushi go, uh, vastly different themes on these (laughs) ones. (laughs) Um, so in seven wonders, you're going to be drafting cards to try to build the best uh, ancient civilization that you can. Um, and so there are many different aspects to it. There are There's military, science, uh, just building civilian buildings, um, make it, having markets uh, to get different resources. Um, Seven Wonders is fantastic. Uh, it will also play up to seven players, which is really hard to do, to find a game that will play that many players well mm-hmm. and still stays relatively short. Uh, you could you could play a game of seven player seven wonders in under an hour, I think, uh, if everybody kind of knew we've it. Done, I think we've done six people before with that. Haven't yeah, we? yeah, and yeah, I still yeah. felt like it worked really well. Yeah. Um, and then conversely, in Sushi Go, you are trying to make sushi rolls. 
such a fun game. I love it, it Sushi it's, Go. It's, it's a great game. It's a great game. Uh, and so it's a much lighter theme. This is much more kid friendly. This is much more, you know, fun and, and accessible, probably. I mean, Seven Wonders is very accessible, but Sushi Go, it, it comes in a cute little tin. All the sushis have faces and are smiling and cheering. And you're trying to make different sets uh, of sushi that will score you different points based on, on different uh, what, what roles you have. Um, and yeah, it's just, a, it's a ton of fun. And also they've just released uh, sushi roll, which is a, a diced version of sushi go, which also oh, looks adorable that, yeah. and awesome. Yeah. So yes. I'll be getting that one at some point. We'll be reviewing that, but uh, yeah, yeah, seven wonders and sushi go are super fun. And I forgot um, to mention, I played Sushi Go, Sushi Go Party over the Memorial Day weekend. That was another one on my list. Um, so Sushi Go Party <laughs> is basically an extended version of Sushi Go. Um, you can still play like the original Sushi Go when you have Sushi Go Party, but then it offers more options for um, the cards that you're drafting. So you can actually completely change it up between each round and uh, really do some fun combinations. So uh, I, I really like Sushi Go Party. I, I would say if you're going to get one, definitely go for Party over the original. I think it's only like a $10 difference as well. So, um, And Party yeah. will play more players, I believe, as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, yeah, I, I really do like that game. It's such a fun, like, uh, card drafting is, I don't know. I, I like card drafting for the most part. Um, I think in a lot of games it's like sort of a side thing that you do or part of it. But sometimes, like, with sushi go it's just the main thing that you're doing is drafting your cards and i I like it it's it's simple it's fun it uh, you know it's quick it's a good game all right so next up is actually i put this on the list and uh ironically i guess i actually haven't played this one so uh next up is magic the gathering (laughs) and uh we've talked about magic quite a bit but um we'll talk about a little bit more here i think magic is just like such a staple to the collectible card game community i mean it's been around for 20 year 20 plus years and uh it's it's such a big game that i feel like everybody should try it and i still want to um so that said i'll hand it off to you guys to talk about it more because i like i said i haven't played it but it's on my list to play yeah i mean what i would say about magic is i was a little late to the party on that um i mean i i definitely enjoyed playing it with derek some a few years ago um, but I know Derek was really into magic in college. I I was I was pretty into magic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I spent I spent a lot of mo- I spent a lot of money on magic. Uh, for somebody who never plays in tournaments, I spent way too much money on magic. <laughs> That's the part um, that makes me laugh. The most. Yeah, no. Um, I I love magic. It is a great game. It is so elegant. It is so well done. And it's simple while while also complex. Um, it can be as easy as you want it to be, or it can be as brain-numbingly annoying as you want it to be. Uh, you build the deck, so you can decide, um, I just want to make a deck that has elves in it. Okay, cool, you can do that. I want to make a deck that puts out a million uh, little fodder creatures who have, like... I, I just want to create as many creatures as I can and overrun my opponent. You can do whatever you want with magic and it's a fantastic game. Um, they have, they, they keep coming out with new like versions, like commander is huge right now. Um, there's just a lot of different game varieties within magic. And if you've never played it, a starter set is like 
dirt cheap anymore. You can get a starter set for 10 or 15 bucks and you can sit down with a friend and, and just try it out. And it's worth trying just to see if you like it. Um, a lot of uh, game and hobby stores will have decks there that are free to take now, like just like trial decks um, that you can just try out the uh, you can just try the, the mechanics out and see if you like it. I, I highly recommend Magic and I will get Evan to play Magic at some point here. Yeah, I'll play with you. All right, cool. Do you want to talk about the next one, Evan? Sure. So the next one is a party game. Uh, there's tons of good party games out there. Um, there's tons of not good party games out there as well. And so uh, we chose this one because this is, um, I think all of us like this one quite a bit, and that is Codenames. So Codenames is, um, it's again, a pretty popular one. I think most of these games that we're talking about, you can find in a lot of stores, Target, uh, Barnes and Noble, what have you, and Codenames, you can as well. So, um, Codenames is you. Um, there's a few different versions of it. So I get the versions confused a few times, but the vanilla, like regular version, is you, you're split into teams, right? And there's um, there's a, like a grid of of words, and you have like a code master that's trying to get the team to guess the correct words and not guess like the wrong words. And uh, you're just like competing to, to try to see you can get the correct words guessed first. So uh, it's pretty simple. I know we've played this one when we had gatherings where all of our wives were there and we just, yeah, broke out code names and, and had a good time. So um, I, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on code names? Yeah, I don't mean to spoil the, the exclamation that we all like it. I would say I like oh. half of the game. Fair enough. I don't like giving clues. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm really <laughs> bad at it. And I don't like it because yeah. I'm so bad at it. But I love I, guessing. That's my favorite part. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of agree with you there. I, It is pretty stressful to be the one giving clues because, like, if, if they get it wrong, then you're the person to blame. Like, the oh, whole absolutely. team blames you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still remember we were playing one time and my, my wife was on my team and she, what was it? She was giving the clues and, um, I can't remember. She gave the clue black or something like that. And there's a bunch of words out there, but, uh, one of the words was lab, I think like Labrador or it, it was either lab or Labrador. And I was like, Oh, I know she would say this. This is like one of, one of the other ones I think was night. And I was like, she won't say night. She won't say black night. She would say like black lab, like the dog. So we picked that and it was wrong. And the rest of the team was so mad at me. Like, you don't even know what your own wife would say. <laughs> so that was embarrassing, but very fun. Yeah. Codenames is great. Uh, I generally don't love party games, uh, but it is a very, very good party game and it's, it's good at what it does. And you can get, you can play it with a ton of people at once. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. nice too. Um, next on the list is another game that I don't particularly enjoy, but I can recognize how good of it, like it's a good game and a lot of people love it. Well, I wouldn't think it's a good game, but a lot of people love it. (laughs) And that's Betrayal at House on the Hill. So this game is the epitome of theme. Um, you are playing investigators at a haunted uh, in, a, in a haunted house and you're going through the house and you're discovering all these creepy things and all these things are happening and it, it's just dripping with theme. I mean, it's, it's ghosts and vampires and, and werewolves and everything. My problem with the game lies in the mechanics. 
so at one point in the game, you're, you're all exploring and getting gear, and then something will trigger the haunt to happen. And once the haunt happens, the whole game changes. Depending on which haunt happens, uh, one person could be turned into a werewolf, and then they have to run around and eat all the other people. One person could... It just the, the haunt will completely change the rules of the game. And again, thematically, it's very fun. But that one person who gets turned into a werewolf then has crazy superpowers and is running around and killing everybody. And it, it, it can be a fun time if you have the right group, but don't go into this game looking for a mechanically sound board game that is fair to everybody. Uh, Betrayal is, is kooky and zany and a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not for everybody and it's not for me, but a lot of people love it. And there's also a fantasy version called um, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which I've heard uh, cleans up a lot of the rules issues and is, is pretty great. So I might have to check that one out. Um, but yeah, that's Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, next up is um, a game called Agricola. And some of you may have heard of Agricola. Uh, it's kind of along the heavier uh, lines um, of the board game world. Uh, some people like to refer to Agricola as Misery Farm. Um, <laughs> Agricola is okay. a game about agri- yeah no Agricola is a game about farming, and you're going to be taking different actions uh, to build your farm. You're going to be planting crops. You're going to be raising animals, and above all else, you're going to be trying to feed your family. Now that is where the Misery Farm label comes into effect because if you're unable to feed your family. Uh, there are some penalties and uh, it, it gets kind of rough. You have to mortgage your home and the farm and, <laughs> and, and yeah. Yeah. so, so, but Agricola was kind of the first, um, it, it would be another modern classic. You know, it's, it's definitely dated as far as the, the rules go and, and kind of th- things do everything Agricola did, but better, but, I, and I've only played Agricola a couple times, but I, I highly recommend it if you really get into board games and you enjoy a little bit more of a um, a challenge in your game and a, a little bit heavier game. Uh, it's worth playing once just to see if you like it. I know people that Agricola is their absolute favorite game. They still love it to this day. And it's a, it's a fun game, and I highly recommend trying it out. Um, I don't think either of you guys have played Agricola, have you? I have no. not. I'd like to try it. Sounds fun. Same. Same. All right. So one of the last games we have is, is a biggie. It's definitely not a light uh, uh, gateway game, as they call it, but it is a great game, and I love it a lot. Um, I'm so happy that Derek owns it, and we get to play it semi-often. Um, and it is Scythe. Um, and it is, is it, I mean, would it be fair to compare it to like a, a risk sort of? as far as territory control goes, and then also like worker placement and other things like factored into it. I mean, yeah. If you'd yeah. like to, if you'd like to compare like, uh, the Mona Lisa to like a doodle that I did, um, you could I compare mean, sites to risk. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I love this game. I love Scythe as I've talked about before. This is my favorite game, um, of all time. And yeah, there's just so many facets to it. Like you said, there's area control, there's resource management, there's action selection, mm-hmm. there's yeah, there's it's just a so really fun game. Yep, engine building. It, it's it's got it all. 
Um, it's got great art. It's got a great mm-hmm. backstory to the game. Um, I, I think uh, it's kind of it, it's kind of almost transcend transcended board gaming as well. Mm-hmm. I know some people who don't even like board games. They are video game players, but they've heard of Scythe, and they they've heard about all the hype about Scythe. And I, I can't recommend this game highly enough. Um, so I'm going to stop talking about it. Uh, play, <laughs> go play Scythe. Uh, Evan, do you have any thoughts on Scythe? Um, I mean, I'd mostly be echoing what you guys said. Um, I, you know, when you put it on the list, I, I wouldn't say I disagree or anything. I think everyone should play it, but I, I'll, I'll just say like what Ryan said, this is definitely the heaviest game we have on the list. And, uh, I feel like games, everyone should play at least once the caveat here would be like, if you're interested in board games, if you don't like board games, then don't play Scythe. You're going to be sitting there for three hours miserable. Um, whereas like, like other, like some of these other games you could like, you know, you're done in half an hour and it's not like you hated it, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if you have any sort of interest in board games, if you like even just a little bit, Scythe is definitely a good one to, um, to get into once you, I don't know. I, for me, it feels like once you've ramped up to it a little bit. So, um, I agree. I, I love the game. It's, it's one of my favorites. Cool. Well, finally, we're moving on to our last one, which is a, a game that is near and dear to all of our hearts, and that is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it, I mean, what more can I say? It, everybody knows what Dungeons and Dragons is. Everybody, everybody's aware. A, a, anybody in pop culture is even aware of, of D and D. It's done so much for um, just like our hobby. Our hobby wouldn't be around without D and D. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I don't, I don't know what else to say. What do you guys got? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a must for anybody to play. I mean, even if you aren't remotely interested in board games, I mean, if you enjoy any fantasy movies, shows, books, I mean, if you've never played, I mean, most of those people have probably played Dungeons and Dragons, but I mean, as far as like a, a person that is generally unaware of those kind of things, but enjoys like Lord of the Rings movies should definitely play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and you hear all the time about people that are like afraid to to jump into it because they don't have anybody to play with or they don't think that they would like the role playing aspect or whatever. And I would say to that two things. First of all, I would say to at least try it because you never know. Like back when we started playing in high school, I was interested in Lord of the Rings and I was interested in fantasy, but I thought Dungeons and Dragons sounded kind of weird. And some of that was because of some of the stereotypes that came with it, with the demon worship and all that stuff. Like, (laughs) you know, and the thing about it is it's just like whatever you put into it is, is what you're going to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if you don't want to be, if you don't want to go there and use funny voices and become, your little halfling character or whatever. You don't really have to, um, you know, you got to find, you maybe have to find the right group of people to play with, but if you just want to go and, and make a character and figure out the best way to max out its stats or, uh, like the best build, that's a perfectly valid way to play. And you want to be able to go into a battle and see the battle as like a, uh, uh, fire emblem esque tactical game. That's a perfectly valid way to play. Or if you want to play in a campaign where battle is somewhat abstracted to you just like 
okay, I'm going to run up to the nearest guy. There's no actual battle map. I'm going to run up to the nearest guy. And I'm going to swing my sword at him and you roll. And then that's basically all the combat is. And the rest is all talking and role playing and stuff that works too. Um, it's just such a, such a platform for creativity and for, um, doing more like basically, I mean, it's, it's playing make believe, but for, you know, adults or, you know, teenagers or whatever. So, um, I, I, it's definitely something that you at least should try and see if there's a way you can make it, you know, work for you. And I think most people will find that they could. Mm-hmm. So any other thoughts on D and D? No, I feel no, like we've summed it up pretty well. All right, cool. Well, that's all the games we had on our list. So, um, certainly there's a lot of other good games out there. Um, if you have any suggestions, any thoughts, any games that you think everyone should play at least once, let us know. We love to hear from you. Uh, as always, we'll have links to our social media, to our Discord server, our email, all that stuff in the description. Uh, so check those out. We'd love to hear from you on our Discord. Uh, we like having discussions there, or people will sometimes just post videos about what's going on, like news and stuff like that. And uh so yeah, it's a good way to stay plugged in and um, stay up to date on some of that stuff. Uh, again, if you have any topic suggestions, we'd love to hear those as well. We want to make sure that we're talking about things that people actually want to hear. So um, yeah, let us know. Uh, we're open to a lot of things. And if you have any like little questions that wouldn't necessarily be a whole topic, but just something we could touch on for 10, 15 minutes, we'd love to do that too. Um, we're not you know stuck to this format where we always have a discussion that lasts however many minutes if if we could get some questions and just like rapid fire through those we that'd be a fun uh, episode for us too so yeah just any feedback you have let us know um thanks again for listening and we hope you all have a good couple weeks and we will catch you next time